0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Birdies and Beer Podcast Network. Man, I cannot tell you how excited I am tonight to introduce a new podcast onto the network. First of all, i got to do my spiel. If you want to follow the network and learn more about all the podcasts, please be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at podcast. It is the same for both websites, which is great and makes it nice and easy. So tonight... We have someone, if you've listened to our Two-Way Miss podcast, you'd be very familiar with. Mr. Mike Azelina is on to introduce us to his new podcast on the network. Azzy, you know I'm very excited about this, but please let us know what you're going to be bringing to us.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I l- l- Listen, Um, everybody welcome to the uh, very first edition of the uh, Fixated PH Regs podcast um listen guys you'll come to learn pretty quickly i'm um sort of what you call an obsessed philadelphia sports fan would you
0: agree with that regs i think that's a fair assessment
1: (laughs) so um over the course of the last six months or so and then regs we'll talk a little bit about that then um you know regsy and i talk all the time one of my very best friends from college and um over the uh, over the last six months, he's been saying, you know, you should come on the you know channel with us. You join the channel, do a Philly sports podcast, and uh, so here I am. This decision was made about what do you say, Regs? Uh, Twenty four hours ago, almost exactly. Yeah. Um, where I I texted you and said, you know what, let's just do it. Let's go for it. We'll do the first episode tomorrow night, um, and we'll just figure it out. So you know, uh, over the course of um, time here, as we continue into the future, my goal, Regs, is. To bring um, this idea of the fan perspective, I, I don't consider myself a, an expert an expert in the Phillies and the Eagles and and the Sixers. I consider myself a, an armchair quarterback fan, someone with with knowledge and reasoning and I ebb and flow with the team's success and I feel like I represent the fan base in that sense. Um, but here we are you finally got me to this point of accepting that I need to do this um and and, and bring my, my fixation uh to the the broader audience of of uh the birdies and beer podcast platform.
0: First of all <laughs> I like what you did there with the fixation. Second of all I'm gonna blow smoke I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna I mean, blow bo- smoke can... up your ass for like two minutes. As <laughs> he so is much more than an armchair quarterback. When you think of the typical armchair quarterback you think of a completely uneducated un sort of knowledgeable person who is literally just taking what they hear on sports talk radio and throwing it at the television I'll tell you my how I interact with Azzy most of the time during baseball season besides when we're talking about normal life things but it generally goes to oh I haven't looked this up myself I'm going to ask Azzy because I know he would have either looked it up himself already knows it off the top of his head or follows a ton of better people on Twitter than I do who have the inside information and is just the most knowledgeable baseball, football, basketball fan that I know. So he is my go-to all the time when I need to maybe feel a little better about how the Phillies are doing or maybe feel a little worse about how the Phillies are doing or double-check if my take that I have on any particular Philly sports team is completely unfounded or maybe has a little bit of merit. But there, I couldn't think of anybody better who fits what we're trying to do here at Birdies and Beer Podcast of that conversational style, of that fan perspective, of someone you would just want to sit down, have a beer with, and talk to about what interests you, and in this case, Billy Sports.
1: I mean, wow. Thanks, man. And honestly, I don't know if you have a beer in front of you. I do.
0: So I do, coincidentally. Um...
1: <laughs> And you know it's 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 uh, it's really an honor for me to even have the opportunity to do this. You know, I've I've always loved talking about Philadelphia sports. It's been um, something I've been obsessed with since I was old enough to understand what sports were. Hold a ball. Um, it, it's. It has been such a passion. I, you know, growing up, I pretty much talked sports twenty four hours a day, seven days a week with my brother, with my dad, with my mom. Um, through high school, then I got to college and found all of you, and we talked sports twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. And I, it was I almost think like I've... we
0: found kindred spirits. We are Philadelphia sports fans, Notre Dame yep. college football fans. Yep. Like you couldn't have found a better pair than the two right.
1: of us. Exactly, exactly. And here we are, and you, you know. We we I joked earlier, and we, we should probably talk about this a little bit. I feel like it's only um, fair to the audience that we just touch on the journey of getting to the first episode of Fixated.
0: Yes, please.
1: And, <laughs> and everything it took for me to finally agree to do this. So, like, Regs, I, I'll let you tell most of it, but I just need to set it up as... This man has worked really hard, and I don't feel like, I, I, like I'm worthy of that. Like Just being completely honest and transparent with everybody. You might get to the end of this and be like, why did he work so hard to get this guy on the platform? Um, it's, but- quite,
0: it's quite the opposite. I worked so hard because I knew you would be so good at this. It's, <laughs> for anybody who may or may not listen to the other podcasts that we have on the network, I started this because for a very long time, I've just wanted to do podcasting. I thought I'm pretty good at public speaking. I enjoy it. I have some passions that I'm very that I care about a lot in my life. And I just kind of got to the point screw it. I'm just going to do it. It takes a recording software and a microphone. I have those things. So let's do it. So we started the first few podcasts and then as they started to find I'm going to I'll call it success, the fact that we have like 10 people averaging on our golf podcast. We get eight to nine listens on our video game podcast. It's like unbelievable. I'd be happy if there was two, right? Mm -hmm. I don't care. It's not for how many people listen, but as soon as we started seeing that and my text conversations with you, Azzy, every time I texted you about something Philly sports related, all I thought was Azzy podcast. And then you came on the two way miss to talk about scrambles. And if you haven't heard that, please go back and listen to it because it's hilarious and a great podcast. But as soon as you came on and as I expected you to were great, I was like, Azzy, why, why, why are you not doing this? I distinctly remember thinking back to a time where I think you had either your own podcast or a small like online radio show. And I called in from my parents' basement and did something I've wanted to do forever I asked my question and then said, "Thank you. I'll hang up and take my my answer off the air." And you like died laughing because it, and it was the best thing I ever did cuz as he was on the radio and was doing great as I knew he would. So my obsession became I must have I must have an Azzy podcast. I have to have it. I have the platform now. I have all the stuff we need to do it. I must have an Azzy podcast. So I think at the end of every text conversation we had, I would just end with an all-caps ASSY podcast. Or what do you think? Six months?
1: It Easily six months. And, and last night, I finally... I didn't even, like... I, every other time... So I need to I ask you, what, to regs, what was
0: the difference? Yeah, say what you were doing before, but then you have to go into what was the difference.
1: Uh, every single time, I would say to Rags, you know... I don't know, man. I don't know when I'm going to be able to do it. I don't know if I'm going to have the time. There's so much going on. I re- like, I love talking sports. I just don't know if I'll be consistent enough, but I'll tell you what it was. And, and it's really funny. I was in a, um, I was in a training the last few days a leadership training. For those of you listening who don't know um, what I do, I am a, a, a elementary school principal. So I, I go to leadership trainings, um, in the summer, things like that, just to kind of sharpen the skills. And, um, that one speaker said something yesterday about, you know, taking risks and making a commitment to the things that you're most passionate about. And, um, you know, instead of asking what could go wrong, ask the question, what could go right. And, you know, as we were talking last night, I, I always look for what would go wrong when we have this conversation. And I said, you know what, forget it. Like what, what could go right? What could go right is, like, this becomes a dream, right? We get to talk Philly sports every week. I have this outlet. Um, and, you know, I, I speak to people who have that same passion, who have the same fixation, just for, you know, um, little kicks there. But I, I, that's what was different yesterday. For some reason, someone said something, and you and I talked last night, um, and it all just kind of came together. So here we sit after the uh, the Phillies take first place, and we've got the Fixated Podcast, the very first episode.
0: I can't describe my happiness when you finally said that you would do it. I can't describe it. I mean, it I, listen, it was literally it ending every conversation we had with Azzy Podcast. And you being like, I don't know what I'd talk about. I don't want it to be bad. Like you said, all the negatives, right? And I'm just like, yeah. who cares? <laughs> it makes no difference if zero people listen or a thousand, right? <laughs> If you enjoy doing it, which I know you do, and that's what I think drove me to push you so hard, was to be like, I know you love this or would enjoy it. At least I perceive that you would enjoy it. That's why I pushed so hard. Right.
1: I I used to love doing it. You mentioned the radio show that I had prior. Um, You know, it was, was pretty big there for a while. It was doing really well. And then just got busy and stepped to the side and I always wish I hadn't. So um, I'm excited to do it. I'm I'm very, very honored that you've been after me to do it um, for the last, you know, six months or so and, and and excited to just to roll with it and see what comes of it and share this, this passion and energy and and fandom that I, that I do fixate on in all seriousness um, that my wife would tell you, that it it is it it is an obsession and it is all i talk about um you know aside from school
0: yeah your um, honor you know, i have a freaking azzi podcast <laughs> i'm <am> so pumped
1: <laughs> yeah i mean listen i think i i what do you think we just I, that's the background i mean that's it guys it's been it's been a long time in the making Regsy knows how much i love philly sports and you know, I just I, I think it's time that, you know, I, I, I share that with other people and, and this 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 broad base of, of knowledge that I can bring in these this passion and, and um, energy to others who, who love it, but don't necessarily have that one person that they love listening to. That's what I hope I, I can become for you, you know, once a week, um, someone to listen to and just, you know, sharpen that sharpen that toolbox to be able to go to a bar, have a beer and talk about Philly sports. So. Um, and honestly, if you would like to have a beer, just you know, let me know. I'd love to have a beer with you
0: and talk about I was about, about to sports. say let us know on Twitter and Instagram. Like <laughs> that's hit it. Us yeah. Up. Yeah, let us know. Hit us
1: up. We'll go have a beer with you.
0: And just we to might say, play
1: around to golf first.
0: That's true. Just to say, <laughs> if you're like if you're worried about credentials, Asie and I are from the Philadelphia area. We have literally been obsessed with Philly sports before I'm sure either of us can remember the mm-hmm. first memory I have of crying is when the 93 Phillies lost the World Series. Mm-hmm. I think, what, we were six years old?
1: Yeah, kindergarten. I went yeah. to
0: school the next day in tears. Yeah. So there you go. We both can vividly remember what happened that day, as I can vividly remember crying in front of the women's basketball and lacrosse teams in my college mm-hmm. training office as the Phillies won the World Series in 2008. Yeah,
1: man. I mean, I I grew up watching – videotape vhs of the 1980 world series because it was the only winning baseball that i had (laughs) the first five years of my life and then um in 1993 you know that team carried carried me through the summer and joe carter broke my heart into pieces and um just anybody doubting
0: anybody doubting the credentials come at us and you will be struck down so just don't (laughs) just don't bother
1: It's, it's there. I mean, it's there. And you know what, Uh, even more than that, just the love of the team, like just the love of the city and, and the team. I mean, you know, uh, one of the, one of the things that I I get most defensive about is that um, that idea that Philly fans are not good people and they're all angry and bitter and nasty. And I'd argue that you'd find that in any fan base. I just think that Philadelphians get a really bad rap for stuff that's happened in their history um I've been spit on it in Pittsburgh I've been sworn at and cussed at and had beers dumped on me in in New York like these things happen everywhere it's unfortunate and frustrating um but you know I'm very passionate about Philly sports and 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 the fan base I think we're a very knowledgeable fan base you'll hear that all over the place and I just think that you know we have we have such a, a a passionate fan base that sometimes it does get mistaken for nasty to its own team. We let we we tell our our players the truth, regs. Right? Like that's what we do. If we're not happy with the way you're playing, you're gonna know about it. And I don't think that's bad fandom. I actually think that's accountability from people who pay you the money to be there. Um. So you know, I I think in any job there's accountability, and I think sometimes playing in Philly is is challenging, but you know. You won't hear that from Jimmy Rollins. You won't hear that from Chase Utley. You won't you won't hear that from from guys like Lane Johnson and and Zach Ertz or Joel Embiid because those guys embrace Philadelphia, um, and that's what that's what I'm here for. I, I, I want to talk about the guys who embrace Philadelphia, who embrace what it stands for and and what the fans stand for, and I I think that's really that's really important, and that's one of the things that we'll focus on as we as we talk through Fixated.
0: They were literally talking about it tonight. They had Larry Bow in the booth. Yeah. Because they put Dave Montgomery in the Wall of Fame, I believe, right? Uh he was, he was he, the... he got a
1: different award that's tonight. Right. The Wall of Fame's tomorrow will be Manny okay. Trio. Um but yeah, he got he received an award that was kind of tied to the uh the Hall of Fame induction Thank you. last week. So yeah.
0: they had Larry Bow in the booth and he was there with Jimmy and Cruck. Um and that's what they talked about. They literally Boa literally brought it up. How... Mm-hmm this fan base only looks for your best effort. Mm -hmm. We don't care if you're the most talented, if you're like the number one pick, or anything like that. That makes no difference. It's the effort you put on the field. And what you do when you're out there, do you represent what people think the city of Philadelphia stands for? And those are our favorite players. Brian Dawkins, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins. Uh, like you said, Lane Johnson, Zach Ertz, more of the recent people. Um, that's what it's about. And again, it, they literally, older players bring it up more recent players bring it up. It's just how it is. And if you can't hang with that, then it's kind of too bad, pal. We'll see you in the next city.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's such an important um, part to what makes Philadelphians embrace their athletes. Like, you know, we love guys who choose to come to Philly. We we love those guys who make the decision to come here. We're going to talk about one in nauseam tonight, Bryce Harper. Like that dude will never do anything wrong in this city because he chose Philadelphia um, at, at a time where he could have chosen a couple of other cities, but he chose to come to this city and, and he can do no wrong here. Um, and, and I think I think that's, I think that's awesome. And for the for the general fan base, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about others, but for the most part, Bryce Harper can do no wrong here. Um, you know, you talked about grittiness, effort, and, and, you know, there are athletes who who got by on that. You know, Carlos Ruiz was never the best athlete. He wasn't the best player on that team, but he's arguably the most beloved player on that team that made the run through 07 through 11. like and
0: arguably he, one of the most important outside of the top four guys
1: hundred percent. I mean, when you handle a pitching staff the way that that guy did. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, But
1: again, wasn't the most talented eighth um, most of his career in in an otherwise loaded lineup. But, you know, what he did mattered. He showed up every day, um, played the game hard, called great games for never, really really amazing pitching staffs. Never um, handled different egos and different personalities on the mound every single night. And fans came to appreciate for him for who he was as a player. It didn't matter that he was ever gonna if he was ever gonna land in the Hall of Fame because in the in the hearts of all the Philadelphia fans, Chooch was Chooch, and he was important to them because of what he did every night. And, and that's kind never, of a shout out to my mom because she loves him.
0: Never, com- <laughs> never complained. No, never no. complained about being the starting catcher and hitting eighth.
1: No, no. Did his job. And and that's, and it, that's, that's honestly, you know, I mean, we've, we've kind of come full circle and, and I think that's, that, that's that kind of speaks to what we want to do here. I mean, I think we'll probably find ourselves on those sorts of tangents from time to time. When we talk about these things, um, you know, just finding those outliers like Carlos Ruiz and just what he means to the city of Philadelphia, and um, and, and when I think about that team, yeah, Jimmy was probably my favorite player on that on that team, um, for for the long haul. I mean, Pat Burrell, another one who I absolutely loved, um, but when I think about the importance. And the underrated part of that roster, Carlos Ruiz just stands out like beyond anybody else. And this is very fitting because we are talking about we're we're talking about this on Alumni Weekend too. And he's he's in the city. He's he's there to celebrate his um, close friend Roy Halliday, whose number is going to be retired on Sunday. Are you going to be there on Sunday, Regs? Yes. Oh, me too. We'll
0: have to Perfect. get
1: together celebrate our first episode while we're down it. there.
0: Yeah. So
1: you know, Regs, I think that's that's where we're heading with this, right? Like. I know I haven't mentioned the Flyers. You know this about me. I'm not the biggest hockey guy. I I think if the Flyers are, you know, something that people who listen to this want to hear about, I know plenty of people that I could bring on and talk to about it. Um, But at the end of the day, most of my focus and attention goes to the Sixers, Eagles, and Phillies. And I appreciate you saying that I'm a little bit more than an armchair QB, but I want to treat this as, you know, I'm going to come to you with information but I'm going to come to you with information about conversations that you and I would sit down and have over a beer um, just because it's, it's what I ingrained myself in. Yeah. So um, I think, I think that's, that's the ultimate premise of where I want to take this. And I'm glad that we took the first like 10, 15 minutes to talk about that um, and, and, and give us a chance to sort of um, lay out for listeners where it is we want to go with fixated and, and, and the different directions that we plan on taking it. So Um, Thanks for allowing that opportunity, Regs, to to jump in and and, and be a part of the Birdies and Beer podcast platform.
0: Again, I love it. I'm so happy. I love how you laid it out. Everything is just, it's exactly what the whole ethos of the whole network is. It's exactly why I think you're the best for this kind of stuff, because you can be right in the middle of all those things and describe both of them in as much, with as much knowledge as anybody that I know. So, again... I think it's the perfect place to be, but let's get into what, what you what you want to talk about. Let's do it. Yeah, first. man. So
1: I, obviously, it's an exciting time, and I think you know there's a lot happening in Philly sports right now. I mean, the Birds are are in the midst of training camp. They have their first preseason game this week. There's all kinds of storylines happening, right? Like you've got the Jalen Hurts. Are they bringing Deshaun Watson here? Um, you've got the young receivers and all the stories around that, and and then there's you know the new head coach and what is Nick Sirianni all about and all the stories that are coming out of, out of camp. It's all exciting about how hard he coaches and, and the accountability that comes along with it. Veterans are speaking highly of him, all that stuff. That's exciting, right? That's one bucket that we could talk about. There's the obvious elephant in the room when you talk about Philly sports right now. There's Ben Simmons. Is he staying? Is he going? Did they play their hand a little too, um, a little too long and, and ended up losing because – they didn't find what they wanted and now they're kind of stuck. Um, Or is it going to work out? And more is a genius. Like we all thought he was, that's a whole nother bucket. Right. And then there's the newly crowned first place Phillies rags. Like all of these things exist right now in Philadelphia. You've got the youth in, in uh, at the over at the link, you've got the, the saga that will be never ending with Ben Simmons at Wells Fargo and in, under the bright lights in uh citizens bank park the probably the biggest win and the biggest start to this to a series that that franchise has had um arguably since 2008 I so mean, should,
0: should we talk I, about the text message you sent me
1: what what did i say in the eighth you? inning uh wait wait on that one. okay okay yeah okay. wait on that okay that's what we call so, a teaser so in think, the business he, folks I think, you know, I think you know where, where I'm going to go tonight. And, and I know, I'm sure we'll talk plenty of Eagles over the course of the next few months, and if anything ever happens with the Sixers, I'll
0: probably text you and be like, we need to do an emergency yeah. pod. There's plenty of there. time for that. but something Yeah, there's plenty of time.
1: Tonight. But I think we devote our time to the first-place Phillies. What do you
0: think? I think that'd be a fantastic idea.
1: Because, Riggs, if you were to text me last Friday night around this time, um, I don't think my mood would have been this way. They were just starting a three-game series in Pittsburgh, one that I assumed that they would easily walk away with two out of three, arguably even sweep them out. And they lost the first game of that series 7 nothing, and you would have thought that I was on my way to Philadelphia to find Ben Franklin and figure out a way to jump off. That's how upset I was last Friday night.
0: he: um, I texted you like two weeks ago, or like two and a half weeks ago, how do I emotionally remove myself from the Phillies team? Yeah, it's hard. That's where it's I was hard,
1: Regs, because they are, they, for the, for the longest stretch of this season, I mean, literally months of this season did everything they could to find their way to 500. like, if, if they were a game over 500, they found a way to lose to get back to 500. If they were two games under, they found a way to creep back up to 500. They just couldn't ever find their way past it. And last weekend showed the mediocrity. It shined for two nights. The first night, they just looked absolutely lost. The second night, they fought back. Parper hit a big uh, game tying double, and they handed the lead right back. And I was confused they were going to get swept. And then the next day, newcomer Kyle Gibson comes out and just dominates the Pirates and the offense goes off. It's more extra base hits than they've had in a game in like their history. It was absolutely insane watching what they did to, to kind of turn the tables because we all know what happened the next four nights in Washington. The, the tide kind of turned and our, our moods kind of changed. You know,
0: God, is anything better than a sweep of the Nationals? Regs. Right. I it's- only say that because I... For anybody who doesn't know, I live in Maryland, so I can only get the Nationals feed when the Nationals play the Phillies. And I'd yeah. I listen to it on mute, because I can't stand the Nationals broadcasters. They're yeah. the worst. Yeah. But nothing They're... makes me happier than when we destroy them, and they have to, like, wallow back in their own sadness.
1: They're brutal. And one of my favorite things to do on Twitter, by the way, at the mic drop five for anybody who's not following on All Twitter. All that info will be in the um,
0: episode description as well. Follow the yeah, man. Yeah,
1: I, I, I'll tell you one of my favorite things to do. There, there is a, a, a great follow, and I, I'll have to drop it then. And she basically takes the opposing broadcast of the Nationals whenever the Phillies play them for any devastating play and actually posts the call, the clip of the call on Twitter.
0: Oh my god, why do um, I not follow this person?
1: And there were some amazing. I actually saved a bunch of them from this past series. There were just some amazing clips starting back on Monday night um with the with the big uh n- with the big ninth inning. Uh, double after double after double after double. <laughs> just it was just unbelievable watching what they were able to do over the course of the last four games and and ending with that that big comeback on uh, Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, that, you know, brought them to within a half a game to where we where we sit right now. But, you know, what they did to the Nationals is what this team has not done over the course of the last few years, Rags, which is beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Like, that's not a good baseball team. They have won Soto. They just traded they, their they best have, two players, arguably. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, for me, like Juan Soto is probably one of the best players in the league. He's probably a top five player. Yeah. Um, there's really not a whole lot of argument. But aside from him, like Josh Bell is about it. Now he kills the Phillies. Like I actually was talking to a buddy of mine and he was like, Man, I'm so tired of Josh Bell. I was like, oh no, I don't think he's that good. And then I looked a little more closely. And after this series, it's like six of his 18 home runs are against the Phillies this year. So he is actually a Phillies killer. And I don't think I realized how much he beats them up. Um, but aside from him and now an injured Juan Soto, who the Nationals would be smart just to shut down, they're, they are, that's an empty roster. And I think, you know, you go back a year, two years, three years, it's not a team that the Phillies beat. Think about all their struggles against the Marlins and, you know, even the pirates, oh my God, the weekend the leading into it. Um, it's not, the Phillies aren't, haven't historically been that team since the run ended in 2011. So to see what they did to the nationals, gave me a lot of confidence going into this weekend series and leading into tonight with, with Kyle Gibson and, and, and regs like two starts now for this dude. And, what everybody feels was mediocrity at the deadline. I don't know about you, but it's starting to feel like a a repeat of Joe Blanton type of pickup um, at the deadline. That that, that, just that
0: constant. You know what I mean? Does that dude look like a guy who should be in Philadelphia? Did you see the way he came off the mound after some of the, after the jams he got out of? I mean, that's what a playoff atmosphere would do, right? I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I think you tweeted out something. About Ian Kennedy, like, he hadn't given up more than two runs in, like, his last 37 appearances or something, and he had had two appearances for the Phillies and had given up two runs, like, in each of them, and you're like, well, yep, this is how that's going, but it's like, that Gibson dude looks like he came to the right place.
1: Yeah, Kyle Gibson, look like he reminds me a lot of just an older version of Zach Eflin. So I really hope Eflin gets himself healthy and gets a chance to work with Gibson a little bit more closely. We really so need I feel Eflin like that's what Zach Eflin is. Yeah. You know, like that heavy sinker um, gets a lot of ground balls. And Eflin's like right on the precipice of being like – that next level of good. He's not ever going to be that ace, but he's that next level that like really solid middle of the rotation piece that could kind of mask and him, masquerade himself as a two from time to time. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Every rotation needs it. We've seen it this year with the Phillies that they've struggled so much in the rotation because they don't have enough of it. And now that they have Kyle Gibson, like you, you can see there's just, Everybody's like, oh, well, whatever. He's just a back-of-the-rotation starter. Well, do you see that, what a back-of-the-rotation starter can do for you in a game like this when he's just able to get innings and pitch out of those situations instead of melt down and have a 10-cent head? Like, I don't know, Vince Velasquez maybe? Like, these, this is a dude who pitched himself into a couple of jams tonight and made one pitch to get himself out of it and, and never exploded. He just never lost his composure and it was all the difference. It was all the difference tonight. This guy is, is exactly what they needed. Yes, they still need another arm, and hopefully Eflin gets healthy and can be that guy because I do think a rotation of Wheeler, Nola, Eflin, Gibson, and Suarez can potentially make a run and separate in this division because that's a talented group. Um, but at the end of the day, Gibson did what he needed to do, and the offense did just enough tonight. And we are sitting here right now, Regs, on the first episode of Fixated in first place. Like, what? What I'm, is I, happening?
0: I'm silent clapping as to not blow out people's eardrums on the podcast. But also, the people, the people who say, again, I'm going to admit, I didn't know a lot about Gibson or uh, Kennedy, is it? Ian, yeah, Ian Kennedy. Yeah, thank you. I didn't know a lot about them. Admittedly, I don't follow the world of baseball enough in my limited time I get to watch sports so when we sign them I'm like okay well he's got a 7-3 and three record that seems pretty good and mm-hmm. he had done really well he made an all-star team like sweet that sounds great Um, but the people who say like oh you didn't get a stud like you don't understand how important those 3 and 4 and 5 pitchers are yeah. to any sustained success in baseball nowadays
1: yeah Right. I you know, I actually had this conversation with um my brother this week because he said that exact statement to me. And he's I mean, listen shout my out, brother's shout huge out Joseph fan.
0: on episode one.
1: Oh, shout out to Joseph for sure. He's Spin gonna over. absolutely end up on the show at some point. Like there's no doubt about
0: it. God, I can't wait um, for
1: that. But I, I mean, like something to think about, you know, you just mentioned it, Regs. Right? You know, everybody wants the superstar at the deadline. And yeah, I mean it's exciting when you can bring a guy on board. Like that's always the you you always want the the golden goops. Like that's just nature's beast, you know? Um but I want to go back to 2008. You know, the Phillies are making their run. They're they're hanging with the Mets and there are two big fish floating out there. It's Manny Ramirez and CC Sabathia. And the deadline rolls around and the Phillies are tied to Sabathia. All those conversations are happening. Um, and what what do the what do the Phillies do? They go get Joe Blanton and Matt Stairs. Meanwhile, Cece Sabathia goes to Milwaukee, and Manny Ramirez goes to LA. And what do the Phillies do?
0: They, be, be C. Beat, CeCe Sabath- <laughs> they beat
1: Cece Sabathia. They beat CC on the one of the coolest moments. Regs, you almost put me through the ceiling at her house when Victorino um, hit the grand slam. Oh my and, god! And then next they go through Manny Ramirez in LA and Joe Blanton was a big part of that pitch pitched big innings hit hit a home run in the world series for crying out loud but did, in in all in all honesty and all humor aside like the guy pitched really well for them not just that year but years to follow because he was still under control and you know I get it we all want that big piece but I love that that Dombrowski did not go into this deadline selling the house because this team is probably not World Series ready. If they get to the playoffs this year, they do need to go all in in the offseason. Middleton's going to have to approach the luxury tax. He's going to have to blow past it because they're, they're, they could be on that precipice if, 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 if they can get to the playoffs this year. But, yeah, Gibson, dude, just, just real quickly, I think it's important for people to know, this year Kyle Gibson only has two, three starts in which he's given up more than five earned runs. Like, the guy has gone more than five innings in every start this year. Like, he has eclipsed five innings every start this year. There, I, I forget what it was. I, I want to say it was 39 games this year. I, I'd have to look back. 39 games, the Philly starter has not gotten out of the fourth inning or has not pitched more than four innings. It's something in that world I don't want to – Quoted exactly, but rex like that's not like that's almost a quarter of your seat. That's a quarter of your season.
0: It hasn't like, been great.
1: No, you can't have that, dude. Like, so this is the type of guy who can come in and and give you those innings, and not every innings going to be pretty. We saw that tonight. Like, he was missing spots. He, you know, his, his changeup wasn't really working. The guy throws like six pitches. Um Real Muto needs like a whole other, you know, signal system to be able to uh, communicate the pitches. He but needs like his other hand, yeah. But like Gibson, to me, um, is the type of guy who he settles in. He makes the pitches when it's most important to make the pitches, and that's what won them the game tonight. So, um, you know, end of the day, huge start from him. Um, uh, some some more pretty solid, uh, so, some pretty solid bats all around, all around the lineup. Got to get the defense better though, if they're gonna make a run into the playoffs at all. I mean, it's just a mess out there. But that's probably a story. That's probably a conversation for another day. But Regs, this might be a good time to um to to tell everybody the, about the text in the eighth inning. I think this is probably the moment because we're we're approaching, you know, the highlight of the show, as we'll call it.
0: I'd love to. Because it was the most amazing thing I've seen. <laughs> so, we're, I'm sitting at my computer. I was trying to get a few things set up before the podcast, playing a video game with some friends. I had the the uh, MLB TV up on my other monitor. And before the inning even starts, as he sends me a text, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it word for word. Here it is. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. I know this is great audio listening, but here we go. Uh, if there was ever a time for a Bryce Harper moment, just full stop. And I said, an insurance run would be nice. Like an idiot. I'm just like, yeah, an insurance run would be great. And what did the man do, he, What did he do?
1: I mean, he hit a ball like 440 feet off the batter's yeah. edge.
0: <laughs> it literally ricocheted off the middle of the wall.
1: You know, my favorite part of it, and there were so many tweets flying around about it. I actually called my brother immediately, and I said, "You see what that idiot Edwin Diaz did as soon as it came off the bat? Put his finger like, in the
0: sky like it was a can of corn."
1: I mean, that ball came off the bat at like 104 I I knew it was gone the moment he connected to it, and a Diaz goes and acts like it was just a routine fly ball that they was that he was going to camp on her out in center field, and that was just going to be it, like. I mean Harper basically flipped the bat to Center City. Like it was immediately gone. Um, yeah, dude. So so Regs, we talked a little bit about like I, I, I always need to feel like I have like a niche to a show. Like there's gotta be something that's gonna be a sticking point in every episode for me. And, you know, I, I landed on this idea of if we're gonna if we're gonna go with this show being fixated, then we're gonna talk every episode about something that I am fixated on. So Are you ready to hear what I'm fixated on tonight, Rags?
0: I cannot wait for the first what Azzy is fixated on. So please give it to me.
1: (laughs) So there's this contingent of people that just don't believe Bryce Harper's good or he's worth the money. Like Not just fans in New York, not just fans in Washington who boo him and San Francisco who chant overrated every time he plays there. Like Regs, do, do you know there's actually a contingent of Philadelphia fans who don't believe Bryce Harper is
0: good? I don't not believe you, but I so I'm not surprised. But I also think those people are idiots.
1: Like I've actually seen the quote in tweets, in conversations on social media. Like Bryce Harper's not performing; he's not doing it when it matters. That like Regs, I I can't tell you that like how hard that is for me to stomach as a person who loves baseball as much as I do. Um, you know, over the course of the last week, smarter fans that I follow have described him as like, he's hot right now, you know, which implies like, he's moving further in a positive direction than he normal like his norm. Like I don't agree. Like, yeah, he's squaring up the ball really well right now. I don't consider him hot. I just think he's really good at baseball. Like, This is just who Bryce Harper is. Yeah, I know right now he's probably having his second best season um, of his career, but Bryce is always, like, he's just a good ball player. Like, everything he does, uh, yeah, he has his gaffes in the field. He's got his gaffes on the bases. But when it comes to just being a pure baseball hitter, Bryce Harper is legit one of the best hitters in baseball. And, you know, I I, I loved Regs, you mentioned before about Washington. but. I mean, as Nationals fans always planned regs. he hit his career 250 home run at Nationals Park. And I love that for him because, I mean, they wanted it all always. He was always going to hit his 250th home run there. So he did. He did in one of the biggest moments of the series. So good for him and good for them that they got to enjoy that with him. That was pretty sweet. I'm happy for all of them, actually. It was nice.
0: It was nice of Bryce to throw them that bone
1: really nice of him really really nice of all him. those
0: so all those fair weather fans down there in washington
1: i just think like for me what i've been fixated on is this idea that bryce harper is overrated that he's not worth the money um that you know it, it, it was a bad deal and he's not performing so uh, you know when i argue that I, i'm sure what i would hear regs is you know mike prove it then so let me start here. I'll start with since July 5th. That's fair. That's a month, right? Like, that's a solid month of stats. So let me give those to you. Over the last month, he is slashing 395 average, 531 OBP, and a 703 slugging. Okay? That's over 1,000 OPS. In that time, okay, he's hit four home runs. Now, this is be- coming into tonight, so we're looking at five home runs now. Um, 18 RBIs now, okay? He's got more extra base hits than singles. It's now 21 to 16, okay? Th- those are the outliers. Like, those are your normal numbers. I'm going to talk about one that's even a little bit more, um, you know, in-depth. And, and it's called, um, you know, runs counted for, um, and it's weighted. So, so I, I'm going to talk a little bit about what that means, wh- which is, you know, it's how many runs a batter – Um, provides for their team that's their like runs counted okay now if you go to the weighted one it takes into account where they play so i'm talking about the weighted one and in this in this sense and it takes everything into account i'm not going to go into what exactly it's like singles there's this whole formula that bill james came up with but essentially the average okay for a major league ball player average would be considered 100 over the last month bryce harper's is 212 Okay, that's what we're talking about right now in a month. So, Regs, what, what, the, what that person would then say to me, if they're arguing with me, is, well, that's only a month, Mike. That's only a month. Okay, right? Like, that's fair. Okay, so let's talk about the season then, Regs. Let me talk you through the season. Talk it
0: to me, baby.
1: I'm going to do that for you, bud. This season, Bryce Harper ranked sixth in the batting average at three oh six, okay? He's second in on base percentage. 417. He's fourth in slugging percentage, 557. He's third in OPS, 974. And his weighted runs counted is 160. Okay, so again, well above the average, right? Well above the average. And there's only actually two um, players with a higher OPS in all of baseball, and both of them are on um, either out for right now or on the IL for good, and that's Acuna and Tatis um in the in the national league okay so like that's all that was ahead of him in terms of ops so what's then what i look at is okay so he's now up you know he had 17 home runs coming into tonight eight i think he's up to 19 now so maybe i maybe i missed one along the way so 19 home runs now after tonight um and 41 rbi which actually you know ranks about 113th in baseball um those numbers are still ridiculous right uh, still, some, some, still something to write home about. So, this person would probably say, What? Well, there's still two months left in the season, Mike. You know, that seems like a fair response. Anything could happen in two months. He could cool off quite a bit. right? how about his numbers over the last 162 games? That's considered a full season. You want to yep. go there? Yeah, I do. All right, let's go there. 294 average, 413 on-base percentage, 564 slugging percentage. Over that time, he has 35-plus home runs, 35-plus doubles, 110 walks, and more than 20 stolen bases. You look at that, and that's a top-five hitter in baseball. You know, that's a top-five hitter in baseball, okay? But, Mike, his RBI numbers are down this year. He's not even going to get to 100 RBIs. Okay, Rex. I can't tell you how much the RBI stat frustrates me. And especially when people make the argument in the case of Bryce Harper. I sent you this today because it, it just speaks to why the RBI stat is ridiculous. All year, Bryce Harper has had 59 plate appearances with runners in scoring position. Right? 59 plate appearances.
0: Yeah, that's not a lot. With
1: runners in scoring position like I can't tell you like what that actually means over the course of a season because it's not a lot of plate appearances it's it's like it's not a lot in the grand scheme of a, of a major league ball season so you know just to give you an idea right now this year he has 376 plate appearances okay 59 of those have come with runners in scoring position um so to argue the fact that, you know, the RBI is a thing, like when he gets those opportunities, 322 batting average, 453 on base percentage, 441 slugging percentage. I'm assuming he probably gets walked quite a bit when he gets runners in scoring position, if it's a big spot in the game. We saw that the other night in the Washington game, and then Reese hit the two-round double. So, like, his OVP is going to be skyrocketing there because people are going to walk him. Um, you know, I, I don't know how to make the point more clear than that, that this guy is an MVP candidate, but I'll give you one more. Um, one more just, just for fun, just to cement it home. Please. Uh, because this is what I've been fixated on, is proving that Bryce Harper is worth it and that he is an MVP candidate. Here's the list of National League players with a batting average over 300 and on base percentage over 400 and a slugging
0: percentage over 500. Here's the list. You Ready. Ready. Bryce Harper. That's the list. Period.
1: (laughs) So tell me again that Bryce Harper is not performing. Tell me again that Bryce Harper is not worth the money. Because this year, Bryce Harper, if he didn't get hit in the face and didn't get interrupted in what was starting to become like a hot streak, uh, it would be a runaway for national League MVP. It wouldn't even be a conversation for National League mVP. So again, like Bryce Harper, my dude, he's for, he is he's worth every penny, and I just I had to put to bed the the argument because it has been bothering me. It's something that I've been um tweeting about nonstop. I've been talking to other people about it nonstop. I've been sending you messages about it nonstop. Bryce Harper's for real, man, like, and he's a Philly, and, and and he had a big moment tonight. He did what people have been saying he's not capable of doing. He got a big hit in the biggest game that this franchise has had in over a decade, in like 14 years. So, yeah, that's what I've been fixated on, Regs. That's where, I, that's where my mind's been.
0: It's a great point, and I think uh, it's amazing that it's amazing that I mean you can understand other fan bases, but it's amazing that Phillies fans would think that he isn't worth it with the teams and the seasons that we've had in the past like 3 years. Uh and to think that half of it got cut short because of the injuries in the back a little bit and the obviously getting hit in the face and all that. But uh yeah, I
1: and, and and look, I, I, I also get the other teams. I said that to you before, like, I understand, um, I, I understand that it, it, they don't like him because of who he is. It just bothers me that, you know, when you, when you look at the player itself as a fan of the franchise, that you see him as somebody, um, who's not worth it. Um, you know, I went through the, the stats and, 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 you know, the one that, um, that I mentioned the, the runs created, I kept saying runs counted. Sorry. I was talking, I was so passionate about it. I kept saying the wrong name for the stat it's runs created. And, you know, that alone, just how far above the average he is um, in, in such a weighted stat is, is incredible. Um, and, you know, and, and just your traditional statistics right now, the, what what he's been able to do. So um you know, for me, Bryce Harper right now is playing himself heavily into the MVP conversation, and and I'm excited uh, to see what he does down the stretch. We got to see a guy do it for years in the most important games with Ryan Howard, and um, I'm excited to see if Bryce Harper can have some moments that you know carry carry this team into October because this fan base desperately needs it. We desperately, desperately need it, man. We desperately need it.
0: Yeah, I think it's what everyone expected we signed into that contract you know and uh oh, for it's sure happy to for see sure. that it's happening especially with signing jt and hoping that boom continues to do better you know and all that and getting wheeler and everyone's ready for it and it's just good to see that the probably the biggest piece of it is playing as well as you can yeah yeah and and, and Look,
1: they've got two games left at the Mets, and hopefully th- those games go the direction. You got Wheeler on Sunday, so you just hope that tomorrow goes the way that you um, hope for it to go, because you can start to create some space and 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 really make really make this fan base start to believe and and fill those seats again, because it's been a while since that atmosphere has existed. So, I mean, Rags, I I don't know, man, I. I'm fired up. You got you you got me you got me pumping, and I I'm pumping so much that I like I missed I missed one of my favorite stats. I was going so fast that I like missed my stat.
0: <laughs> what was it?
1: Well, the no, the runs created. Oh, I kept right, saying, right, runs counted. Right. Yeah. I don't know what happened.
0: Listen, I just I just told you to talk about it. I didn't do anything. <laughs> just let you go. <laughs> That's the whole well, point. Hey, That's man, all look, I'm here for.
1: I, 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 I really appreciate the chance to, to, to come on. I, 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 I'm, I'm so excited to take this and, and, and run with it and, and make it, you know, make it ours and, 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 and do with it, what you plan for this platform. So um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm still learning folks how to end these shows. You know, I've been on one with them. I listened to them, but I got to make sure that, you know, Regs. I'm going to give it a shot and then I'm going to see if you need to add anything. How's that sound?
0: Let's do it. All
1: right. So everybody make sure you follow the birdies and beer podcast platform on um, the, you can follow on Instagram, you can follow on Twitter, um, where all you get, where, you, wherever you get your podcast from, um, there's all kinds of podcasts on this platform. If you like beer, if you like video games, if you like golf, and I guess now if you like Philadelphia sports, um, make sure you follow the, the birdies and beer podcast uh, platform on Twitter and Instagram. Regs, did I miss something or anything?
0: There's nothing else to say and thank Azzy <laughs> enough for uh, doing the podcast on the network. Uh, this was fantastic and everyone stay tuned, make sure you subscribe and we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, guys, thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time.